Hi everyone and welcome to Beyond a Thought podcast where we're talking about issues you've probably been thinking about. My name is Lynette. And my name is Z. Welcome, 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 welcome um, to another episode. Today we're starting our episode, our parenting um, series. Um, so it's going to be a series of things, uh, of episodes we're talking about parenting and um our kids essentially <laughs> and yeah. everything um parenting parenthood um so today we're we're gonna start um by just jumping right in and talking about our stories and how we became parents and whether or not um, we decided uh, from the go to be parents or how it even came about so mm-hmm. that's that's uh that's the framework today for this episode anything you want to add z no uh pretty much we thought it would be a good idea to talk about parenthood because it's another topic that like you don't really hear much about until you actually become a parent and it seems like you're just learning on the go like you're learning on the fly right and it's like as you go you keep thinking how come nobody said this <laughs> you know right. how come nobody talked about this and i think it's 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 a beautiful journey but it's also like a very challenging journey so i think that's part of the conversation that we're going to have today as well just talking about those little things that you know we didn't really know about but it's good to share anyways in case anybody else is trying to get into the parenthood life you that's know true. get some that's good true. nuggets to to know about before you you jump in so yeah. yeah pretty much so so Lynette so what about what's what was your journey like or how did you obviously you're a parent of our beautiful Ellie Grace yeah so beautiful <laughs> thank you <laughs> so cute. So, how how did it start for you so oh. boy meets girl you met Tony Man, <laughs> yes so, so we've dealt with that marriage part in our marriage yes. series um yes. parenting i don't know if i al- i always knew that i wanted to be a mother um mm-hmm. but i don't think i i you don't know like you said you don't know about motherhood or about parenthood until you actually get into it so you can only prepare as much as you can to mm-hmm. to be there so i don't think i i had a wholesome idea of what it was going to be but i just knew that i wanted to become a mother i wanted mm-hmm. to be a nurturer i wanted to have kids i think initially i was like oh i wanted to i wanted to have four kids but then i went through the <laughs> birth <laughs> <laughs> and i was like um maybe can reassess that but i am a, a mother of a new a new mother of a beautiful little girl um she's Seven months old. She's almost eight months. So it goes by so fast. So, yeah, so it's bad. not a cliche when they say it goes by really fast. You really, literally cannot blink. But uh, mm-hmm. I think when I got married, I didn't. We we didn't we didn't dis- we didn't know whether or not we wanted to do it right. We wanted to get into parenthood right away. Um, mm-hmm. But I think eventually I was just like I I let's just, let's just do it. And um, we we had our baby, and I, I think 
I, I mean, I wasn't prepared for pregnancy. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. like, I didn't know it was going to be so challenging. And, and did it take like, you guys a while to have, did you, did it take you guys a while to get, to, to get pregnant or was it like, no, bam, no, bam, that's it. No, it was bam, bam, that's it. It's like, okay, wow. we're, 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 we want to have, we want to have a baby. It happened <laughs> mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, I think I, I, we were, we were taking protection before. Um, it mm-hmm. happened, but we when once I got off, and it happened, it happened. Um, mm-hmm. But the the pregnancy wasn't that bad. It was it wasn't bad. It was challenging, but it wasn't bad. I think mm-hmm. up, uh, up until my um, the third my thirty five weeks of pregnancy, I was uh, uh, I was fine. It was okay. I didn't have too much morning sickness. All of that. But so up until 35 weeks, and then my doctor was like, oh, um, baby is not doing what she's supposed to be doing. Placenta is not doing what it's supposed to be doing. So um, induction. I was mm-hmm. like, I, I think I, 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 it blew me away. I was mm-hmm. just like, well, okay, how, when, how, how is this going to happen? But I, I had peace. Uh, about mm-hmm. it so and I, I wanted obviously the best for my baby so I we it happened we took we had I got induced one day the next day she was out oh, um, I know it was it was it was a little challenging so I think for me personally I think I was on um, fight or flight I was kind of like we're doing this this is what we're doing and that's it and uh, that's it like we're just going to but I think the challenge was for Tony more, mm-hmm. more than it was for me because he wasn't mentally prepared um, as as he would have wanted to be. Wanted to be, yeah. Um, and he uh, he he was very anxious. I think that's mm-hmm. he was really anxious that he wasn't as prepared as he thought mentally as he he thought he wanted to be. So then. We got all that taken care of, and then baby comes home with you, and you're just like, "Are you guys sure <laughs> you want to yeah, take this yeah. baby home?" Because you know nothing, right? I've done a lot mm-hmm. of babysitting in, throughout my life, and you know my my cousins and all that, but it's not the same. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. not the same. Whatever you think you knew, you don't know until you get into parenthood, and you're like, "Man, I don't know anything. I didn't." know about the, the sleepless nights which were really challenging for me mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. I don't think go into depth as to, I, I think they can only tell you what they can um, mm-hmm. but it was really challenging for me because she was she came before term so that made it a little harder for her to sleep for her to eat and all of those things um, so it was a little challenging at the very beginning. She still is going through the the transitions and stuff, but mm-hmm. at the very beginning, I think I found it very challenging in terms because I love my sleep. I, yeah, I love my sleep. So when that was interrupted, I was like, man, am I am I really cut out for? <laughs> <laughs> I love my sleep, and then oh, so this for we had her in our room. So, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, you, you walk by, she's awake or, you know, mm-hmm. all of that just, just, it just turns your life upside down in a way you didn't, you didn't anticipate for it to happen. You knew that it was some, you, you know, things, changes were going to happen, but you didn't 
I didn't really anticipate how much it was going to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's been a beautiful journey all the same, but it's there has been some challenges, I, I'll say. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, for sure. Yeah. How for about sure. you? Um, pretty much so. I have two children, so when quick and i got married honestly we were like oh we're gonna wait maybe two three years let's quote unquote un- enjoy our marriage uh. so azrael was definitely a surprise like we were just surprised like Ooh, oh wow. you know and the funny thing is people are like but if you're not using protection of course i'm, I'm like but i i was though <laughs> <laughs> so up until now i'm still not really sure what what happened in the oh, whole yeah you know yeah but either way like i always say like you know our children are a blessing from god and so when azarel when he found out that we we're pregnant funny enough it was quick that actually had the inkling <laughs> that i was pregnant because i was just having cramps i'm like oh i'm, I'm having cramps like oh my period is coming tomorrow tomorrow uh-huh, tomorrow uh-huh. tomorrow i kept saying that for like two weeks i'm like it's not here yeah so i it never crossed my mind that I could have been pregnant. It didn't, not even once. And then wow. Quick was like, you know what? I think you're pregnant. Oh, and I was wow. like, ah, right, get out of here. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so we go get the test. It turns out that we were, and I laughed for like two hours. I was oh, just wow. laughing. Cause I couldn't believe it. Like, I can't believe. And also like the funny thing with Azarel is that um, we had literally no money. <laughs> like, oh, Quiku yeah. was working like shift work, uh-huh. and and then I was working. No, I wasn't even working. Like, my I was waiting for my immigration papers to come through, so I wasn't working. Quiku uh-huh. was working shift work, so we were just kind of like getting by, you know. And then we found out that we're pregnant. So that's a little and challenging. Then, yeah, exactly. So that was a little bit challenging, but. The pregnancy itself was was fine. Like I remember, I was nervous about how we're gonna afford to buy diapers because the one thing that I kept reading was like diapers are so expensive. Ah. Diapers are so expensive. And then I was like praying to God. I'm like God, we can't even afford to buy diapers. How are we gonna take care of this child? Yeah. And then I went to church, and this this mama at church was like, "Z, you were on my mind a lot yesterday." Mm come I have something for you and she gave me like a big box like 256 diapers oh, in wow. the box and I remember thinking I'll never forget that moment because that day I cried mm. so hard and she was like why are you did I do something wrong <laughs> do you not like pampers do you want me to get hugs like, <laughs> and I was like no 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 you know it's like God that used you to to yeah. you know to to bless me because I was worried about how we're going to provide. So that day onwards, I was like, you know what? This child is going to be taken care of. I'm not yeah. concerned anymore because if God gave him to us, then that means he's going to take care of us. So, yeah, that's it. yeah so that was it. And then the whole process too, <clears throat> I kept thinking, I'm like, I'm going to have a natural birth. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I don't want any <laughs> medication. <laughs> <laughs> no pill. Well, 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 well. But the thing is, I keep I keep telling people, I'm like, listen, I was in labor for like, so as well as born on, on when was he born? Yeah, he was born on Thursday. But he was due on the Wednesday. But I went into labor on Tuesday. So oh. I was in labor for two days. Like, just just there just trying just like contraction and they were so inconsistent and like it was just all over the place and then we got to the hospital because my water broke at home so we went to the hospital 
and then they're like oh we need to induce you so they gave you more medication to try to speed oh. up the contraction and you're just like yeah you went through this early grace they induced oh. you right so the, the the induction thing it's like you get contractions though. and then nothing huh. and then five and then five minutes later there's no contract like it's just all over the place so Wow. But I went through it because I'm like, you know, I'm doing this naturally. Yeah. And then at some point I was like, I can't do this. Like, I, I, I remember telling Quigo, I'm like, let's go home and come yeah. back because this isn't working. And he was just like, but we can't go because he has to come now. I'm like, but I, I can't stay here, <laughs> you know? Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I finally got an epidural. And then two hours later, they're like, okay, he's in distress. So you have to have an emergency C-section. Oh, no. So, I know. Oh, after all that effort, <laughs> it's oh, like, oh, my God. If only they could have told, like, if I had known, I would mm-hmm. I would have just been like, let's just go straight for the C-section. Because my thing is, like, I don't, people always like to look down on C-sections, like, oh, you didn't do any yeah. work or anything. And it's, yeah. it's like, I don't care what you think about whether I did work or not. The important thing is the safety of my baby, you know, and, and the safety of my health as well. So at the end of the day, whether the baby comes through C-section or through natural birth, whatever, it's still the baby's coming and the baby's healthy at That's the end it. of the day. So that mm-hmm. was always my perspective. So when they're like, oh, I think we're going to have a C-section, I'm like, just do it right now. Like, don't let me waste Six time. Like, if he's in distress, get him out, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we ended up having a C-section and yeah, it was amazing. It was such a long journey because when Azrael finally came out, like, as like, quick, we just cried. Like, I, I've seen him Aww. cry before, but that seeing him cry like that, I'm like, oh, look at this man meeting his son, you know? Oh. It was quite fascinating. Um, yeah. But I didn't get to It's quite interesting him. how it just, yeah. it, they switch. They switch right? all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like, switch all yeah. of a sudden. That's, yeah. They're now father mode. And you're like, man, I haven't yeah. seen you like this. Exactly. Before. <laughs> it's like, nice to meet you, Daddy Kweku, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> where you oh, been? Geez. Yeah, it was it was quite interesting. And I didn't get to hold Azarel for like at least an hour mm. and a bit because he was in distress. So they took him, they had yeah. to pump his lungs to make sure that he didn't have any like, um, poop I guess in his lungs and mm-hmm. all of that so the whole time I was just like where is my baby where is my baby right. where, is mm-hmm. he okay where is my mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you know and mm-hmm. so that was as well like it was it was quite intense for sure for sure yeah yeah, yeah. with Amaya yeah. I was like uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> my water broke at home and it was funny it was like in the movies man like I, had, I started having contractions and I'm like, oh, I'm having contractions. Let me go get my nails done. So I went to get my nails done. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> She's doing my toes and I'm contracting. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. Just keep going. <laughs> I get home and I sit down and Quigley's like, it's nighttime. I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to go to the hospital. Quigley's like, why don't you just try getting some sleep? I'm like, uh. but I'm having contractions. How do you want me to sleep? Like the kind of things that wow. men do, right? Yeah, and then I yeah. just laid down, and all of a sudden I heard a pop, and then water was just flowing, wow. and I'm like, "Whoa!" So this is what it's like in the like you know the movies are like my water just <laughs> broke. It's like it literally was like my water just broke, wow. and yeah. So went to the hospital, and this time I didn't waste time because I'm like, listen, I did two days with Azarol. This time I don't want to waste my time being in pain. Yeah. Bring yes, the epidural. Absolutely, I'm not anybody's martyr. <laughs> I, I, I'm not like 
I uh uh and you know it's really bad like I feel like women we do this to each other a lot where it's like oh yeah. did you take the epidural and I say yes it's like mm, they now look down on you like w- what yes like you didn't do any any work you know what I'm um, saying <laughs> jeez no 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 absolutely I, not like I got I went even with, at, with induction like mm-hmm. I was I labored for about like four or five hours before I was like ah, the epidural because mm-hmm. you mean going in you're like oh no no I want to do it myself of course mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I want to be a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> like, then you come and you go through the pain and you're just like nah, no yeah. please, just bring it yeah just bring this and the thing is like I, I feel like when you go in they say like do it right away mm-hmm. so because they can they can disappear mm-hmm. at some point or whatever yeah, yeah. but thank god they were near they were close by mm-hmm. and like I was just like I was in extreme pain oh and so nobody should look down on anybody yeah. like however the baby comes like just thank mm-hmm. god that the baby is here mm-hmm. And you, and you are well. The baby is well, and that's all that, that's matters, all that matters at the end of the day, yeah. right? Do what your body tells you to mm-hmm. do, right? You are the one, the only one, feeling what you're feeling. And I remember the nurse telling me, Lynette, it's your choice. Mm-hmm. It's nobody else's because at the end of the day, it's you going through what you're mm-hmm. going through, mm-hmm. and nobody. Everybody is just seeing the outward version of what you're going through inside. Mm-hmm. So do what you gotta do. So even when like she wasn't talking to anybody, she was just looking at me. Yeah. She was like, "It's your choice. Yeah. Take it or or leave it. It's totally up to you." So look, I don't feel like anybody should be looked down on whether or not you took epidural or if you took, you know, you did it naturally. Mm-hmm. You're all the fact that you've been able to birth a child is itself yeah. is 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 a miracle. It is so. It is. You know, give yourself some some props. Yeah, and you know, like, and if yeah. you, even if you, it's like you know, the women that say that they, they decided to go naturally, like, good for you. Like, I praise God yeah. for your life, like, because that's that's also really hard to decide to do that. Yeah. So either way, so I hard. think we should just all celebrate each other regardless, because believe it or not, there are people that still die during childbirth. You know what I mean? That's so, it. like, I think the U.S. was saying that like black women are four times more likely to die during mm-hmm. childbirth than white women, and if, yeah. so you think about something like that, and you ask yourself like well why are they dying during childbirth because it's not an exactly. easy thing it's like yeah we have people that give birth all the time but there are a lot of people that give birth and, and die you know so yeah so celebrate each celebrate other that's each it other. so at the end of the day it's like just celebrate each other however baby came celebrate the fact that you and baby mm-hmm. are healthy and alive you know so mm-hmm. yeah but for me like interestingly enough with amaya so I had a C-section with Azarel, and so when I was pregnant with my with Amaya, um, <clears throat> my doctor was like, "Do you?" Because usually they tell people like, "Oh, if you had a C-section the first time around, chances are you'll have a C-section for the rest of your pregnancies," you know. Oh, okay. So, but, but I was like, "Really? Like, is that is that really the case?" Because I had a C-section because Azarel was in distress, and so when he came out, the umbilical cord was actually it wasn't wrapped around his neck, but it was there, you know. So. Yeah for me I'm like I know that that happened because it had to happen that way you know so I went for um, my gynecologist and I was like what are the chances of me having a vaginal birth this time around and she was like it's what did she say it was like 33% chance that I will have a vaginal birth and so she was like but you know because she's a part of a team of doctors that are trying to encourage women to still try for a vaginal birth as opposed to just mm-hmm. doing elective c-sections 
So I was like, you know what? <laughs> Why not? Let me just see how it goes. Right. Like, if it doesn't right. work out, the C-section is there. If it works out, it works out. Because healing mm-hmm. from a C-section is, is not easy either because it's, it's, it's surgery, right? So you can't really... Like, they tell you not to pick up something that's more than, like, five pounds. But babies are, like, five to seven. Like, yeah. they come, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. it's just really limiting. So, I'm like, let me just try and we'll see how it goes. So, you know, I went to the hospital. Things are progressing, progressing. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's going okay. And mind you, I was already on the epidural. So, I got to take a nap <laughs> while yeah. I was contracting. Woke up and ended up giving birth to Maya naturally. And... Mm. for me like I just cried because I was like this is something that I was in my head I was like I, I want to do this this way because c-section mm-hmm. was hard to heal from like it was it was hard mm-hmm. to heal from a c-section mm-hmm. but after I had my um vaginally that was also really hard to heal from too <laughs> you know what I mean so yeah I, it, it, so that's why like some people are like when it's like oh c-section you, you copped out it's like mm. no I didn't because it was it no. was it was still very hard and then vaginally yeah. as well like the recovery process for me was also it was equally as hard almost you know so that's it that's so it. at the end of the day it's all just not easy that's not <laughs> yeah. it I, I don't want to say it's hard just, it's all know, just pat, not easy pat yourself yeah. just pat yourself on the back yeah. that you have brought somebody into, into the world. You know, a human being into the world so yeah. it's, 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 it's a miracle on its own so thank god for that so i do you think you had any like um postpartum depression the postpartum anxiety or whatever it is that we call it yeah do you think you went through those um those at all not so much postpartum depression but i definitely had um anxiety and i think every new mom has that like because i had it more so yeah. with azarel than amaya because you're so you don't, like you said you come home and you don't know what to do you know like yeah. mm-hmm. you, I at least you, you babysat like your cousins and stuff I never did any of that so if the the learning I got was from church where I was working in the nursery and changing babies diapers so that's an hour a week right. you know <laughs> so I knew how to change as well as diaper I breastfeeding went okay but outside of that it's like how does he sleep is he sleeping you know and i think i remember sharing that like i would wake up in the middle of the night to check if he's still breathing you know yeah yeah or so that i had a lot of anxiety but not so much depression because i was i was i was really happy like i'm not gonna lie i was really really happy um mm. with well both azarel and amaya but definitely anxiety mm. was was very high for azarel yeah. how about you I, I don't think I did. I, I mean, I, guess, I don't know how it would look like mm-hmm. <laughs> if I did, but I know I I was extremely tired. Mm-hmm. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think that brought on a whole bunch of like, um, just fatigue, mm-hmm. Be, but not so much depression. Cause I, I, I do have a good support system. Mm-hmm. Like I do have, uh, my husband is very supportive and helps out and all of that. So that was also very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I went through uh, any ups and downs aside, just I'm fatigued, I'm tired, and I need her to eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I need her to eat. I need her to be okay. But I think I was even okay with, I wasn't even anxious about her like not breathing or whatever mm-hmm. I think at the very beginning because she was um, 
I think she 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 had she had some jaundice, mm-hmm. and we had to. It was winter. We had to go up and down and try try to go to the doctor and all that. I think I don't even understand why they make mothers and fathers do so mm-hmm. much at the very mm-hmm. beginning. Like you have to go see a doctor. You have to go see this. I think that was that was the hardest part for mm-hmm. me. Um, but once we were settled at home and um, everything was going going well i think it was it was fine and then you know four months down the road covid so tony's home working from home so that's really helpful yeah so i don't think i went through a depression or any kind of postpartum anxiety yeah yeah that's that's Mm -hmm. really good because like i i knew i know a few people that went through postpartum depression and it 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 it's not it's not fun like no and you know, like, because they talk about baby blues, and it's like sometimes it's okay to have baby blues when you're a bit sad, but it's not supposed to last yeah. long. But I know a few people that actually, like, they got hospitalized because of the depression. Wow, you know? yeah. And then they have to go on medication. Yeah. So that's like, that's why, like, when, when we're talking about a mental health series, I'm like, even we don't even talk about postpartum depression with new moms because it's yeah. almost like, how can you, they shame you into thinking, how can you be yeah. sad? Like, God has blessed you with a baby there's no reason for you to be sad you should be happy because it's a blessing but meanwhile it's 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 an chemical imbalance i think remember that uh podcast that you sent me with the woman from focus on the family like she so do you want to share the background story i I can't remember the whole thing i just remember so she i think from what i remember she was she's a christian Mm -hmm. tongue speaking um, you know, prayer warrior, and she she had a, a postpartum depression severely, to the point where she couldn't she couldn't pick up her baby. She couldn't even like she and her breast milk had dried mm-hmm. out too, so she wasn't breastfeeding. So she felt bad about that. So all that combination, um, in, in dealing with chemical imbalances and all of that, she she broke down. Mm-hmm. She was completely in, inactive. And her, her husband just was just looking at her like, you, you need to knock yourself out of it, like kick yourself out of it. You know, you're supposed to be happy. And just like you were saying, you're just supposed to be happy. You had a baby, you're supposed to be happy. And she's like, I can't, like there's nothing I can do that makes me feel better, mm-hmm. you know? And then they they had to go to the doctor. When they went to the doctor, she was diagnosed with um, severe, severe um, depression. Mm-hmm. And and she had to start taking medication for it and she felt so bad because she felt like oh now you know am i not praying enough am i not doing what i'm supposed to be doing but then she realized that hey like you know i need this to be stable Mm -hmm. for to take care of my Mm -hmm. kids right and i think i was telling z how it was it was kind of scary i think at that time i was pregnant so it was kind of scary for me because i was think i was thinking man this is a Christian, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean. This is somebody who who prays, who who's a uh, who's um, tongue speaking and all of that. But she she's going through this. But her even her husband couldn't figure out how to help mm-hmm. her. Like you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Her husband is telling her to knock herself out of it. But again, it it, it comes with understanding, right? Yeah. Her his her husband didn't understand what she was going through. So it's that shaming that it's attached to, oh, you're supposed to be happy. Why are you sad? You're a Christian. You're supposed to be um, happy that this is, you have a child. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that some of these things happen, right? Um, And a lot of times we don't talk about it enough. No, we don't. And and it's unfortunate because if we talked about it more, I feel like people would be able to get the help that they need 
earlier so yeah. that they don't have to live with it for so long you know yeah that's true mm-hmm. yeah like i because the one thing that i remember from that story was the fact that like I, I i remember her saying that her milk had dried up and then it's as if her milk because she had it with both her children i think she had two girls mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. she noticed that the minute her milk would dry up that's when the depression would start kicking in you know yeah. so that's that's yeah. when it was like you notice that it's a sort it's a chemical thing because your milk dries up mm-hmm. and then something happens in your brain and then all of a sudden yeah. you know um yeah but yeah it's so funny mental health it just yeah. ties into everything it's like you can't get rid of talking yep. about it you can't you can't <laughs> you can't especially when you're talking about parenthood it's so it's so important because yeah yeah like with azarel yeah. i remember with azarel he, he consumed me like caring mm-hmm. for him consumed every thought every everything would be like i even forgot about kweku for like a second i'm not gonna like, mm. he, he'll even tell people he's like yeah i didn't exist for like a good three months because mm-hmm. i was just so focused on trying to make sure that he stays alive like that's what i was always telling people i'm like uh. i just want him to stay alive like that's all i'm doing so if it was the, and that was tied in that was tied in with the anxiety, the anxiety exactly exactly right because right, i was like right, right. i can't I can't lose my first child. And you know how they always right. talk about SIDS, right? Like sudden infant death syndrome. Uh, yeah. Oh, so so off the bat, Azarel slept on his stomach. Like that's one of the things with SIDS yeah. is they tell you in order to avoid yeah. SIDS, make sure that your child is sleeping on his on their back, on the back. and not on their stomach, especially when they're young, so that they don't suffocate to sleep if they try to turn their head, <laughs> you know? And I remember yeah. thinking, like, that was like, because, and I don't understand why they even do that because babies don't sleep well on their back. Is no, <laughs> they don't. No, it's not. It's not, it's natural, not natural at, at all. all. So like, they're sleeping and then they shock themselves awake, and then every yeah. like twenty minutes, and then they don't sleep. They don't sleep, <laughs> and then they don't sleep. You're not sleeping. Nobody's sleeping. Yeah, you know. So I, I, we had flipped him on his stomach, and he, he was sleeping a lot better. But because I had the, the whole sudden infant death syndrome talk in my head in the back of your mind i kept that's why i was just not sleeping because i was just looking for i was just looking at him making sure oh is he still breathing is he turning his head is he turning his head and then sometimes like i'll just bring him in, in bed with me because i'm like at least if he's sleeping with me i'll be able to feel if he stops breathing you know um so i was just consumed by him like i was just making sure that he's alive pretty much you know yeah. and at some point i had to pause and be like listen he'll be fine like you have to keep reminding yeah. yourself that god that he'll be okay. yeah that he the baby will be okay that god is the one that gave this child to you so god will take care of a child you know because i yeah. kept thinking i'm like yeah. even like let's say <laughs> i happen to fa- fall asleep for five minutes or whatever like heaven forbid but if he's yeah. supposed to go mm-hmm. there's nothing i can do about it even if i'm awake Absolutely. you know what i mean nothing. and that realization like it was hard to 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 wrap my mind around but i think that also gave me peace that i need to let go of trying to control the situation too much um Mm -hmm. and i think that as parents Mm -hmm. like that's the one thing that we grapple with a lot is just trying to control because we just want them to be safe we want to take care of them that's it that's it that's it and i think i think that's one um and that's that's in my head as you were talking is like for me, I think I don't think I, I think about so much as the now as to like, oh, is she okay? Is she 
is she going to be fine? It's, I think in the, in the future, mm-hmm. I think my biggest challenge mm-hmm. when it comes to parenting, like, you know, I'm still new at this, but when it comes to parenting, it's like, man, is she going to go through the same struggles that I mm-hmm. went through? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or how is her future going to mm-hmm. look? You know, especially in this climate that we are in, in this world nowadays, like, you know, going to school and going, um, and like just growing mm-hmm. up. Is she, <laughs> is she gonna grow up? <laughs> and like, how is she going to grow mm-hmm. up? You know, all of these things go through my mind constantly. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I, and again, I have to pause, just like you. I had to pause and say, hey, like you know, God has things under control. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and not panic about the future because you don't know their you future, don't. right? Only God does. Yeah. And if you're able to leave that in the hands of God, I think it will do us a lot of good mm-hmm. if we are just to leave things in the hands of God and just say, hey, God, you gave this child to me. Um, deal with yeah. this, right? Yeah deal with with what her future deal with all of those things that will come later on and i think that 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 will that will bring down a lot of bring down a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. that we will we have mm-hmm. about our children mm-hmm. um you know who which who their friends are going to be yeah. um all the kinds of things that are the rhetoric that's going on in the world right now so you, you, I want my child to be set apart I want my child to know Christ I know I want my child to follow in the ways of God like all of those things like it comes into play later on because they get they get cognizant of everything around them they want to experiment they want to talk to different people and especially when they get to teenage years you always you're thinking of you're always reflecting it back on mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. right saying like how did I how did I how was I when I was a teenager like you know God I don't want them to be like me like how I the the things that I struggled with I don't want it to be I don't want them I don't know if you go through if you have those thoughts as well absolutely yeah it's it's a challenge for me constantly to kick myself out of there or just to kind of be like Lynette it's gonna be okay Mm -hmm. um every day that comes is in the hands of God. You just submit them to the hands of God and and keep it moving. Because yeah. really, you can't control it. No, right? no you can't. There's, there's absolutely nothing that you can do. Like, I remember, I think the last episode I was sharing how Azarel going onto the yellow school bus to go to school was a big source of anxiety mm-hmm. for me because I wasn't there. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know yeah. who this bus driver is. I don't. I don't mm-hmm. even know the path that the bus takes in order to get to school like some parents yeah. like some parents will follow like the first day or two they follow the yellow school bus just to see where it goes in order to get to school and we didn't do that i don't know wow. why we didn't do that we just didn't do it <laughs> but i kept thinking like oh but let's even if you follow it the next day he could decide to take a different route like you, you don't know you know so that was like a big source of anxiety and then other things as well like just even like because us when we were growing up like my sis, my siblings and I, we grew up in Nigeria. And as a young girl, there are all these uncles, you know, like oh. uncle this, uncle so So come and sit on my lap oh my or gosh. come and hold my yeah. hand. And, and, you know, we didn't even, yeah. we didn't know how to talk to our parents and tell them that this was going on, you know? Yeah. And so I think about that with, with, <laughs> with, both our children because it happens to boys as well and so like we we have this book with Azarel where we talk about it's a Christian book it's a really good book it talks mm-hmm. about 
body parts and all your your whole body is made by God but there's certain parts of your body that you're not supposed to show to just anybody yeah you know and yeah. you're supposed to protect them and so we mm-hmm. have conversations like that at home and actually yesterday uh, we, we just randomly gave as our all scenarios and we're like what would you do in this situation a stranger comes by and he tells you to get in his car with ice cream what do you do as well like I say no <laughs> and we were like, good and then I was like what do you do if a stranger comes and just tells you to go for a walk and then Azrael goes like, well, why would he want to go for a walk with me? I'm like, Azrael, answer the question. What do you do? He's <laughs> like, I yeah. say no. And I go back inside the house. And Quigley was like, and you tell him, let me go and ask my parents. And then Quigley told him, I'm sure if you told him that, he would be, he wouldn't be there anymore. So we have these conversations mm-hmm. at home to just like, at least make them aware that it's yeah. safe to be in this world, but at the same time, it's it's not, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it it, yeah. it boils down to that balancing act, you know, because at the end of the day, mm-hmm. you can't shelter them too much. That's it. That's it. But at right? the same time, That's you can't it. be and so liberal, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah, you can't be. So, and, and you know, for me, like you, you mentioned family members and mm-hmm. all of those things. Like it's it's a source of anxiety mm-hmm. for for personally for mm-hmm. me because I'm just like, man, you. How do you, especially with with family, mm-hmm. when it comes to family, you always like how do I tell that family member that that's not okay? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. They, they don't be that, that you know, that family yeah. member that just wants to do things, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like that, that it's it, it's just that, that um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just that, that point of t- contention mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where you feel like, oh, I want them to be a part of my family at large mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, want to be, you know, uh, in the midst of everybody, mm-hmm. or in the midst of my friends, or whatever, because it can happen to it. Can happen any, in any any, any spectrum. Yeah. It can be you could be your friends, it could be your family, you could be anybody. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, not 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 ha- not being so anxious that you don't also want them to be a part of every function yeah. or the the functions that you go to. So I I think first just leaving it in the hands of mm-hmm. God, right mm-hmm. and. But at the same time, be very vigilant yes. and being aware of your surroundings yeah. is very important, right? Because kids, yeah, you can give them all kinds of scenarios, but they are still mm-hmm. kids, right? And you are, you're supposed to be protector yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. So I think at the same time, it's that balance, like you said, just being aware of your surroundings, mm-hmm. aware of everything. <laughs> around you when it comes to your kids and I think also trusting your kids as well right because I remember yes. I, went to, I went to when I was cutting my hair I used to go to the barber and the barber was telling me about how his son like his son never liked hugging a particular uncle in in their mm. circle and like you know like you know our culture like black people it's like oh hug uncle so and so like by force you have to hug them like, if, if you don't <laughs> hug them it's like you're being rude you know yeah, but his yeah. son never wanted to hug this uncle, and he was always like, "Why don't you ever want to hug this uncle? Like, what's going on?" And it turns out because the son, the son was being molested by the uncle. Oh, you no. know, oh and me, I was, I'm in the barber, and he's telling me the story. I'm like, "Is this a story we mm-hmm. share in the barber shop? Like, what kind of story?" Is this? <laughs> but he saying he's like, "Yeah, like his son was just never comfortable." And then it was just one day, yeah. he just they were walking together. He just asked the son, "Why don't you like just hugging this uncle?" And then the son said, because he touches me in places I don't like. And oh, from then, it was like fire, you know? Like <laughs> The dad went all out on this and uncle. And you're canceled. Exactly, like <laughs> literally canceled for real. But 
I think even that in that instance, it's like when you see that because children they have that instinct where they if they're not comfortable they'll they'll show you you know like because with adults we tend to override our our instincts sometimes because oh to just please people or for the sake of peace we'll just override That's our it. discomfort. That's it. Yeah. That's it. But with kids, it's like they're uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable. You know, they want and they'll and say they'll it say. and they'll yeah. say unless they feel upset, uh, they feel some kind of yeah. some some they're scared or whatever. Yeah. But oh, wow. So the one thing that That's we're always uh, telling our kids is like if you if, if you don't want to hug someone, you don't have to. You know, so mm-hmm. if we say, oh, you know, uh, someone so is here, do you want to give them a hug? And they're like, no, we're like, OK. And if the person gets upset, we're like, well, you can't force someone to touch you. Like you, you can't you, like you, you, you can't. can't like, you know, yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so oh, I geez. think, yeah, I think really also just just trusting that your children trusting them enough for them to also come and talk to you. And also mm-hmm. just like making sure that they have that space to come and talk to you. Because I know with me, that's when things it. like that were happening that's in my childhood, I didn't even, I was even scared to talk to my parents about it because I just felt like it was my fault, mm-hmm. you know? Like I would be blamed mm-hmm. for, because I developed really that's early. Like I think I got my period when I was 10. So mm-hmm. already like a 10 year old, <laughs> and then I come and say so and so uncle, you know, yeah. I, I always felt yeah. like they'll say, but what were you doing? Or it's because you're, you're that, like yeah. this. So I just left it, you know, I never yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is terrible. Yeah, which is terrible, really. Yeah. Because it was just really terrible because you feel like you don't have an outlet. Mm-hmm. You don't, you have to keep all of these mm-hmm. things within yourself and it it, it, it it haunts you for the rest yeah. of your life because you feel like, oh, if, I can, if, I'm, if I'm telling, if I can tell my mom or my dad or whatever, how are they going to see mm-hmm. me? Or, or they're going to take the side of that relative mm-hmm. or that person okay. as opposed to me because they feel like, oh, you probably did something yeah. to bring that on, yeah. right? Yeah. Instead of, yeah, so it's definitely like giving them this, giving your children the space mm-hmm. to be able to approach you being approachable as a parent yeah. to um, to take the, some of these things on because sometimes, we, like you said, we we parents get so uncomfortable with mm-hmm. these, some of these. Uh, but it doesn't make you don't have to be comfortable. Yeah. Like you just have to the, your kids just have to be safe, yeah. <laughs> you know. And that, for them to be that be safe, they need to be able to approach you and tell you and know that you are a safe yeah, space exactly. for them to be. Exactly. Wow. We have a common friend that keeps saying that you are your child's biggest advocate. Like every time she says that, it always hits me in a different way because the truth is, it's true. Like nobody can advocate yeah. for our children the way we can, you know. And advocating, it takes it takes a lot of 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 boldness to do it because mm-hmm. you're standing up against whatever it is that's it's 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 like I always say like okay if my child would come and tell me something and an adult goes, no, that's not really what happened. I always have to be able to defend my child regardless because I'd be like, because sometimes right. children make stuff up because it's their imagination. Like yeah. they make things up. So it's like, regardless of whether or not the child made it up, I have to defend my child, you know? And right. even if it means I look crazy or I'm ostracized or whatever, you have to defend your child because you're, you are all that child has you know at that's the end it. of the day like and and if you can't defend your child then what kind of life is who else, who will? else will and that child will grow up being like even my parents couldn't stick up for me 
who's gonna stick up for me mm-hmm. and then they'll go through life like that mm-hmm. you know so mm-hmm. yeah so how do you how do you like I mean you have older kids than I do but so how do you give them that space like how do you how do you make yourself approachable for them like as far as Zarel for example so with Azrael I feel there are a couple of things that I well pre-pandemic we used to go on dates like I take Azrael mm-hmm. out go for ice cream go to the movies like it'd just be one-on-one time and then we just talk like I'd let him just talk you know right. like okay so we're eating ice cream and then he talked to me about everything under the sun but then I'd always mm-hmm. come back to like so Azrael do you, how do you like school do you like your mm-hmm. teacher you know and he's like yeah I like her <laughs> and then he'll talk about the grass <laughs> and then but then mm-hmm. every so often like he'll drop little nuggets about how he's feeling or you know like so for one time this is one time Quiku <laughs> and I were not getting along for like I think a week or something and I noticed that Azrael got really quiet that week and I was like okay there's something going on so I was like Azrael you know daddy and I haven't been getting along much he's like I know mm-hmm. I'm like how does that make you feel mm-hmm. you know and he's like it makes me sad and then yeah. and then but I had to explain to him like you know Azrael sometimes Mommy and daddy, we love each other very much, but sometimes we disagree on things. And then I had to bring it down to his level. I'm like, it's kind of like you and Jordan. Jordan is his best friend. And then mm-hmm. I'm like, sometimes you and Jordan fight a lot, right? Jordan makes you cry sometimes. Jordan makes you laugh. He's like, yeah, that's true. I'm like, but is Jordan still mm-hmm. your best friend? He's like, yes, he is. I'm like, exactly. So I try to, I try mm-hmm. to bring down situations to his level so he can kind of understand things. But I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, just allowing him to, to just talk, 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 and then asking poignant questions are right. really important because I feel like mm-hmm. if you don't ask a question, like they won't know how to, to, to bring it up, you know, because right. it's like, right. especially at that age, because mm-hmm. it's not, they, they don't, they don't have the vocabulary. The exactly. Yeah. And the, yeah. So right. like that's that's what we used to do pre-pandemic and now pandemic I'm like I'm just like I know that him and I have a lot to talk about but I'm just not sure how to to do it because mm-hmm. it usually requires us going out maybe I should take him for a walk I'll probably just take him for a walk mm-hmm. and then because yeah. it's always it has to just be like me and him or Quaker and him like it can't be all of us because he sometimes he just gets overwhelmed and he tries to like entertain us as opposed to have a real conversation you know <laughs> so when we do one-on-one like that's that's how I get him to open up and and the yeah. other thing too I realize is that like sometimes at his age like he started like fibbing like he'll you know he'll do something and then Azrael did you do this he'd be like no but he actually did and then we realize like the reason why he's lying is because he's scared to tell the truth because he'll get in trouble right so yeah. so trying to be like Azrael we're trying to not get upset when he does something he shouldn't do and he tells the truth so that it encourages him to tell the truth more um right yeah because that's that's been a really tricky thing but that's also like a way to just create that safe space where he can actually be honest and tell us the truth without thinking that he's going to get punished for it um Mm. although the punishment will come a little bit later sha but in that moment (laughs) (laughs) in that moment like we're like okay okay fine we'll deal with it and then afterwards we're like okay as well you know that thing that you did it actually wasn't a good thing and this is what we're gonna do so I think those are the two things that um 
Yeah, we do. Yeah. Parenting is it's, it's not easy. Not, it's, it's really not easy. Like, I mean, I'm okay, excited. I'm very new at this, so I'm really trying to. I'm trying not to like um, be so um, cautious in the in the sense that I forget myself and and start doing things that I don't. Um, I do out of out of maybe mm-hmm. fear. Mm-hmm. Um, so like doing things out of fear that you know my, my child will turn out this way or turn out that mm-hmm. way but also being very very cognizant of the fact that like I am I am a parent mm-hmm. like you know what I mean God would definitely give me grace to do that parenting mm-hmm. um, thing but also being very um, very vigilant and very um, and very open like you know mm-hmm. what I mean to learning and to um, just just being yeah. You know, just being and not just not doing things out of yeah. fear. I think that's that's the point I'm trying no, to absolutely. make. Just not doing things out of yeah. fear, out of fear because I've seen it happen before to mm-hmm. me, or I've seen it happen to somebody mm-hmm. else. Because um, I always look at other people. Like, I know obviously people don't show you the the bad of themselves, you know, or the the parenting. Some parents don't show you the bad mm-hmm. side of, of their parenting. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I look at other people, other the parents, and I'm just like, man. How did their kids get so mm-hmm. good? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, not to say like my kids is gonna be bad. It's just like I want to be a good yeah. parent. I want to do good for my kids. Like you know what I mean. I want to do good for my for my child. So how did they yeah. do it? Like, you know. But obviously, being open to learn, being open Absolutely. to to understand your and your child is mm-hmm. different. Right? Every child is different. Child. Every child. Yeah. Like Azrael yeah. and Amaya are siblings, but they're like night and day. You know, <laughs> like I think your kids are so funny. So funny, but they're like so. Is if it, anyways? The reason why I'm saying that is it's true. Like you can't. Nobody could teach you how to be a parent more than your child can. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because as much as we can give you advice about so 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 and so, your child may not actually like that or care for it. That's so it. you now have that's to figure it. out. Okay, what does this act this child? need and what do they want Mm -hmm. and I think that's why it's also consuming because they're a whole other human being as well you know and like respecting the fact that they're and respect is actually the key because like sometimes we don't respect children because they're small but actually respecting your child as a human being so like when they say that they don't want to be alone respect the fact that they want to be alone you know and and that yeah. also helped to don't impose, don't impose them, yourself, on, yourself on exactly them. like us african people yeah. we like to do this things like oh, i'm your parent oh, you must do everything i tell you you must you must you must you must and it's like <laughs> you live you in live my house, house. <laughs> you, do this, you, do this, you do that you do that you're kind of like okay that's how people start to hide mm-hmm. things like i know that for me yeah i hid a lot of things from my parents because i was just like they don't understand me they don't respect me I'm going to do my mm-hmm. own thing, you know, and yeah. only God kept me. But if, <laughs> if not for God, I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I hear you. I really yeah, do. So I, every yeah. child is different. You just have to let your child, not necessarily let your child be the one to teach you. Like, of course, like you're, dis- you're the parent, you're a disciplinarian. You're the one that has to instruct them the routine. Yeah, yeah. But I think hearing your child too can really help you get an understanding of how to raise that child you know as opposed to and you know you mentioned the thing about like letting your fears kind of dictate how you're going to raise your child I think fear is an interesting thing because we all have an element of fear because that's part of what protects us from danger 
right? In the sense mm-hmm. that if we didn't have any concept of fear, we would all be just running into fire because it's fascinating, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's being able to balance when you're letting fear take over all your decision-making versus uh, yeah. your f- keeping your fear in check and allowing it to inform your decision-making. You know what I mean? That is I, I think yeah. that's the yeah. distinction because... Your that's fear of, of child molestation is legitimate because it happens. You know, it yes. is, you have experiences of it happening in the past. It happens now. So it's legitimate. So when you have that and you're going about your life and raising your children, you keep that in check in the sense that, okay, this sleepover. You can't just let your child sleep over yeah. at anybody's house because you don't know anybody's everybody. House. Yeah. Right. So know, yeah. that that could help guide you in terms of like, okay, when it comes to sleepovers, what are the guidelines? I need to know who the parents are. I need to know, mm-hmm. <laughs> do they have a police record? <laughs> you know? Where are they Where going? Are they, going? Are they sleeping in exactly, the house? Exactly, exactly. Like, are they using their house for Airbnb? Airbnb? <laughs> like, do the parents sleep in their own room? Like, even though that's like a lot, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think about these things because oh, I'm like, yeah. it's always at these sleepovers that you hear people saying weird things, you know? So I'm like, okay. Either you yeah, just completely yeah. ban sleepovers altogether, or you know you, you get mm-hmm. to know the people that your children are going to do. That with. they are sleeping yeah, over. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's so, true. That's true. That's that's, it. that's yeah, what I wow. think. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that's 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 really yeah. good. That's really good. It's yeah. not. It's it's. Hey. But it is a blessing. Like at the end of the day, like I feel like there's there's no other. For me personally, like becoming a mom has been the biggest joy of my life like yeah i yeah there's nothing that rivals it like yeah i got yeah. married and like, it's a different joy like meeting my husband is a very yeah. different joy than having children like i feel like That's having true. my children almost it, it gave me a, a new sense of purpose you know mm-hmm. and absolutely and so it's absolutely it's it's a joy. It's mm-hmm. a it's a blessing. It's definitely a blessing. Just seeing Ellie Grace grow, mm. it's like, man, it's it blows my mind every single I can time. And it's like sometimes I just want to bottle her up <laughs> and be like, don't grow so <laughs> Exactly. Or like when they have yeah. the little laughs. Like I think that's the thing that I love It's like their laugh is just so unadulterated. It's so Yeah, and I I just like I want you to laugh, and I'll record it so I could hear it every time. Like I feel sad, I just want to hear you laugh. That's it. That's it. You know, so I really, I, I thank God all the same. Like parenthood, it it is challenging and has it has its ups and downs, but at the same time, it is a blessing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I I would, I don't take it for granted at all. I would not take it back either. So yeah, final thought. That's that that's my final thought. <laughs> like <laughs> I, I agree. It's it's definitely a blessing. I I wish that we could talk more about we could speak to more to the fact that it's a blessing. Cause I think a lot of time in, in social media or wherever we go, we hear a lot about how it's so stressful. We hear about oh my gosh, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed. Especially during the pandemic where every all the parents are home with their kids. It's like everybody wanted to like send their kids back to school kind of thing. And I get it, but then at the same time, I was like, but but yeah. when are you ever going to get this opportunity to be with your kids for yeah. three months on end? For this you know? long, yeah. So, yeah, I wish we could speak more to that. But I guess we will. We have other episodes that we're, we're going to dive uh-huh. into. So, yeah. What yeah, about, what about sure. you? I think that's, that wraps it up mm-hmm. for me because, um, 
like you know tony keeps saying oh my goodness like i'm so i'm so grateful that i'm able to stay at mm-hmm. home and work from home and see ellie grow, grace grow exactly. right um and and i really uh, i'm grateful mm-hmm. i'm grateful to be a parent i'm grateful to be a mother i'm grateful that you know that she depends on mm-hmm. me for stuff too mm-hmm. you know it's, it's just it's a great feeling to know that you are um raising uh somebody great for this mm-hmm, generation mm-hmm. you know so yeah i thank yeah. god for it it's a great responsibility it's absolutely we're raising kings and queens anyway so next week we're 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 bringing in uh, a friend of ours mm-hmm. who is talking about about raising kids in this era and this climate that we have um you know that we've been going through for the last few um, you know, mm-hmm. months um so raising kids in the generation of now right so like now that this racism uh, conversation has sprung up mm-hmm. a lot more mm-hmm. or in a lot more in our face of so raising kids in in this era um so she's gonna come and uh, talk to us about it and put some nuggets in some our heads. wisdom yeah um some wisdom yes for sure so look forward to that so that's all we have for today yes um on our end i don't know if she has anything to no, add no no thank you all again for listening to another episode of lynette and z talking about life and we hope that this episode kind of made you <laughs> reflect on parenting if you are a parent we we know that you understand 100% If you're not a parent, we hope that this encourages you to become a parent if you want to. And again, we are open to talking about this further. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, and our email at beyondthethought20. And uh, we just look forward to interacting with you guys. And thanks once again for joining us. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.